Welcome to episode 38. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. We all know that video is a powerful way to communicate the value of what we do as designers and creatives. But if you're like most business owners, the very idea of creating these videos can seem overwhelming. Well, my girl, Ariane Belazaire, is masterful at creating engaging and effective videos for her business, and she's created a course where she teaches you step-by-step how to do it too. In her course, Video Like a Pro, you'll learn how to create five different styles of video, and for each style, you'll learn how to build it, how to shoot it, how to edit it, and how to promote it. I can tell you from my own personal experience that her course is so good. And she's offering a special promo code for my listeners. So go to www.videolikeaprocourse.com and enter the promo code Gale to get $50 off. And it's spelled capital G, capital A, capital I, capital L. Welcome to the Design Perspectives Podcast, and I am your host, Gail M. Davis. Being an interior designer is more than creating beautiful spaces. It's about articulating a vision and more importantly, being a valuable resource to clients. Join me as I gather insights from fellow architects, people of the trade, interior designers, and most importantly, the clients who value us. Oh my God, I was so excited when this gentleman agreed to do an interview with me. I nearly fell off my chair, just like I nearly fell off my chair when he started following me because I was like, me? How does how does he know me? Um, Brian Paquette is in a, a serious, wonderfully, insanely talented interior designer who lives on the West Coast. He's uh, in the Seattle region. And his work is just divine. It is dreamy. It is livable. livable. (laughs) It is comfortable. Um, I feel like anytime I see his work, like I want to just like go through the, the picture and like sit and linger in the space. And on top of it all, he is super nice and he has a book coming out. Oh my God, I can't wait to get my hands on that book. And we talk a little bit about that. We talk about design and we talk about being a solopreneur and not having like a big staff. And he talks about that too. So yeah, there's a lot going on, but I'm sure you're gonna love this interview and I'm sure you're going to end up following him. Like I love, I cannot stress how much I love his aesthetic. Um, So without further ado, here is my friend, Brian. Hello, Brian. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me, Gail. So first off, in our convo before this, you have a book coming out. Can we talk about that for a quick second? And then- (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Oh my God. So Um, how did it come about? Well, of course you should have a book. Like you should have several books. It should be a school of Brian. (laughs) Thank you. You you know, honestly, it felt, uh, it it, it was kind of a shock to me, but um, 
the company Gibb Smith or the publisher, sorry, Gibb Smith uh, reached out to me um, almost two years ago now um, about doing a book. And um, of course, you know, like being obsessed with interior design and being in the industry for like 15 years, I have collected many books from, um, you know, from my design heroes. And I've always thought maybe one day I would be blessed enough to be able to do this. And then this happened and um, I was really excited. And so um, the book is a collection of, I think it's like 12 projects, um, 10 or 12 projects um, from the past five years. And um, it's a really simple layout for the book. It's um, there's, there's a couple of chapters I talk about, you know, the history of my life um, and, you know, sort of my process of design. And then it's really just the projects are shown as a whole. And so I sort of debrief about each project. Um, and it's less, it's not a how-to book. Um, it's really about sort of my relationship to the project and the clients. Mm-hmm. So um, at the beginning of, say, a project, um, I'll talk about how I met the client and, you know, what our relationship was going through it and my inspiration and their wants and their needs. Um, and, you know, some anecdotes about, you know, the, the, the process and how we built our relationship over time. You know, some of these clients have become friends. And so um, that can sort of radiate through a project and make it um, that much more successful, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the book. It um, comes out the end of March. And um, I really hope that at that point um, we are able to do uh, a real book tour so I can go and see people and, um, you know, and, and, and really give this thing likes. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I hope so too, because I'm going to be at your book signing when you come to New York and New Jersey. And that book is going to be a staple in my library because I... Oh, thank you very much. So absolutely comb over your portfolio. It is absolutely breathtaking to me that I love when I can look at someone's work and you're one of the people, probably of like three, that I can't, I feel like I, I want to be in that room and I feel like I can feel that room if it makes sense to you. Um, and that is just so textural. It's just so tactile. And it's just like, I, I just want to go in there. I want to read. I want to take a nap. I want to invite friends over. And to me, that's what true design is. So tell me, how did you get into the design industry? Is this, is this a second career for you? Uh, this is, oh goodness. Um, well, I did not go to school for this. So I actually, I went to school for, um, fine art painting mostly. Um, and then, um, I did not become a famous painter. (laughs) So, um, I I, I needed a summer job after I, um, after I graduated and I started working for a decorator, um, where I'm from. I'm actually from Newport, Rhode Island. Ooh, Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I started working, you know, basically as a delivery driver, um, and, and then kind of worked my way up a little bit and, uh, cut my teeth in a very, very, um, intense environment, um, on the East coast. Um, and then, uh, after some friends moved to the West coast and to Portland and to Seattle, I, I sort of followed them because I just wanted to get off the small Island. Um, and so I moved out to Portland, Oregon, and there I worked, um, actually for a uh, uh, fabric uh, and furniture showroom, which is where I learned kind of like, I learned just more about the industry. Um, 
you know, they represented some real historical houses, you know, textiles like Glant and Clarence House and all wow. that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was, the, I was the, the fabric librarian, you know, like <gasps> I, I was like a 12 year old, you know, just kind of like really obsessed with everything and helping the designers who came in. And I wanted to know everything about their projects. And, um, and, you know, I was just, I was really jazzed about it, but it was also like 2008. Um, and so, um, in 2009, um, I, that, that showroom, um, was not, you know, obviously most showrooms were not doing well. And so I lost that job and, um, I randomly got a job up here in Seattle where I live now and have lived for almost 11 years. Um, and through that job, I met my first private client. And at that point, you know, with little beneath me, I just, made the leap to decide that like this is what i want to do and like um you know this is what really drives me creatively and um and so slowly and i mean very slowly because i'm not from here Mm -hmm. um you know i had no family connections here or anything like that i just built up this business really slow and really steady um you know at the the beginning i was doing you know window treatments for you know ladies and stuff like that (laughs) yes and yeah i mean and it's, you know, the, the, the business side of things is like, you know, I've had as many as eight employees and I had a store at one point. Wow. Um, and, and about three years ago when I met my now husband, I sort of realized like. Who was adorable, by the way. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes, he is. Um, and, and just, just ever so supportive. Um, but like when I, you know, met him and I sort of realized like, you know, I was, I was being pulled in 900 directions and taking on a ton of work. Um, to support the staff and stuff. And um, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't how I wanted to live my life. And so I really sort of rearranged things to um, basically less and better is kind of our motto. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so um, it's, I don't need to take on 30 projects a year. It doesn't interest me. I really yeah. want to sink my teeth into, you know, 10 or 15 projects a year um, where we can slow down and we can be really intentional about, you know, like what we're doing and, um, and who we're, who we're specifying from and who we're working with. And, um, so yeah, now it's just me and one other person and, um, the office is out of my house on the third floor, which I love working from home. I always have, I hated going to an office. Um, and you know, that's it. You know, we work all over the West coast, um, a little bit on the East coast every now and then, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it's good. You know, I really like what I do. It's, um, it's still exciting to me, even on the days when it's just, you know, spreadsheets and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that too. You know, what's very interesting. Yeah. I just had a conversation with a designer friend of mine, Courtney McLeod, who's a right meets left. Mm-hmm. And we were just saying that you can be a solopreneur and be successful. You can be a solopreneur oh, yeah. and you can make money. You can be a solopreneur and be organized, successful, and make money. Like you don't need a team. Like you have your people, no. your workroom, and all the things you outsource. Yeah. But people make it seem like you have to have an assistant. Then you have to have another two lead designers. You have to have this. And I'm like, I think that if I think if you're doing thirty projects a year, yes, you need that. And I'm just like you. I like two to three projects, and I'm good. And from soup to nuts, and then that that's what is my jam. Um, yeah, yeah. And you have proven it's all about, I mean, to us, it's really all about systems and processes. Yes. Like, like, I don't like to think about 
interior design is math or, you know, I don't really like to think of it as systems and processes, but the fact of the matter is, is, you know, there's a lot of moving things, you know, like, you know, even if you're just furnishing a home, let alone doing a remodel or like ground up. Um, and so, you know, like over the years, we've just really tightened up what the systems and processes is so that like, it just runs really smoothly and, and, you know, keeps the clients informed and, and, you know, we're all, and it's, there's just not a lot of, uh, there's just not a lot of, lot of loose ends that can happen. I mean, a lot of that comes from just like, you know, working for 10 years and then working for other people before that. You just, you know, you, you, you earn as you learn. Yep. Um, and sometimes you lose, um, and you, and you learn a big lesson. But yes. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I think like, you know, one of my big heroes or two of my big heroes, um, in design have been Nate Berkus and Thomas O'Brien. And, you know, I always kind of at the beginning, I was like, that's what I want. You know, I want the stores and I want the big brand and I want all that. And I think I slowly realized, wow, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I still very much look up to them, um, to this day. It's not necessarily right for my personal life um, and my sort of creative goals. Um, so yeah. No, I agree with you. I too work out of my house and out of my third floor because there's enough, you know, it's more than enough space. And, and it's also, I feel better. Like I can still have my morning with my dogs, do what I need to do for them. And then, okay, now my, I can go up to the office and work and and do what I need to do. Um, and, and feel content because for me, I just need to be happy. (laughs) <laughs> I need to be happy and I need to have the right client. So how do your clients find you? Because I, I'm pretty sure like you're not putting out flyers and everything. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, at this point, at this point, most of it is, um, is referrals. Okay. So, you know, that's like, that's a really big thing to me is I'm, I'm only as good as the last job and the last client that we've worked with. And, um, and so I, you know, I pay a lot of attention to those relationships and making sure that like, you know, cause it can be really hard, you know, you're 98% of the way done with a project and, and, uh, and maybe there's no more deliverable invoices and you start and you're, you're onto the next thing mm-hmm. and, and blah, blah, blah. But that last 2%, you know, a lot of people, that's what they're going to remember you for. 100% um, agreed. You know, and so, so yeah, so like a lot of our clients, it's, it's referrals because, you know, hopefully we've done good work um, and, and word of mouth. Um, you know, I, I, I've never, honestly, um, people think like our clients come from Instagram or whatever. No one has ever said, and I ask every client that contacts us, like, um, you know, where, where did you find us or where did you hear about us? And it's, it's always through friends of friends. It's never like, oh, I found you on Instagram and that's why I'm hiring you. Like, it's never that, like as much as, as people think that's um, such a big tool and, yeah. um, and what, like it is like, it gets the message out and I find it to be a very like um, interesting place to find new things and be, you know, be inspired. But I just, I don't think of it as like, Oh, if I don't do it, I'm not going to get work. That's just not how it works for us. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's just kind of how the businesses work. It's been very organic. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That's the other thing people obsess over their Instagram and I've really had to take a step back and just like use the, the scheduling tool because that's yes. a big rabbit hole you can go down before, you know, and that's for me, yeah. time is everything. You, you don't get that time back. No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> like, 
I just feel, I, I think there's, there's something, you know, like I have been on Instagram. It's celebrating its 10 year anniversary this year. And I have been on it for like nine and a half years. Um, and you know, at the beginning, it just was like, I thought of it as, you know, I, I kind of always wanted to be a photographer as well. And like, mm-hmm. And that didn't work out. And I just felt it as this other creative outlet. And so I don't actually, I think the difference is I don't think of it as a marketing tool. I just think of it as a creative outlet, you know, like I share, you know, our photographer's work Mm -hmm. and then I share some weird pictures that I take, you know, maybe (laughs) it's on a hike or it's like, or it's like some weird light shadow or something like that. So I, I actually think of it as like a creative outlet. I just try not to think of it as a marketing tool because anytime I, I go, to that sort of direction mm-hmm. it starts to seem just inauthentic and um and not the reason why you know i took the risk of starting my own company in the first place right so yeah and speaking of starting your own company i love that you said that you worked for another designer like you didn't go to school but you mm-hmm. did work for another one and i always tell people that i was like if you don't go to school then at least you know work for another designer you need to cut your teeth so you understand because too many people think it's like hgtv or they're they think it's a lot of diying and i was like you are not going to be diying there's going to be so much going on like you need to focus what was your most valuable lesson working for someone that you learned that you brought over into your business and what was the most valuable lesson that you learned on your own um so like I would say it's kind of the same question is like the same answer, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I think it was um, in that sort of spirit of DIYing, there's many situations where, um, you know, and not so much anymore, but where I want to just fix something myself. Like I'm like, I might be, you know, a long time ago, I may be like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to charge the client to, install this tiny light fixture or hang their art or um things like this and this is not the case for everybody because like not everybody's working with certain budgets but right you know the fact of the matter is is like i'm not an art hanger i'm not an electrician and i also am not my client's banker um and i'm not here to decide you know and if they've hired an interior designer they're taking into consideration that like things need to be done professionally and like i'm not insured to install people's light fixtures um or hang very expensive art or a mirror or something like that so one of the biggest lessons i learned at the beginning you know when i would try to like be like oh i'll just take care of it i'll just take care of it is that it will probably most likely backfire (laughs) yes Um, and also it's not it doesn't hey there I need your help. If you love the show, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you are an Android or Windows user. Your feedback helps me to create shows that will provide lots of value. And in the meantime, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Gail Davis Design. Thanks so much, beautiful people.